In the winter and the spring, we made a effort to try to help our membership and any other listeners in the podcast understand our process for replacing three very important executive team members here at MISHA. We did some podcast episodes where we celebrated their careers here. We talked quite a bit about our job search process. And then we ran our process and we didn't say much more about it because we were trying to focus on the year at hand. We wanted to let the folks that we hired finish out their time in the jobs that they had and get started here with the least amount of pressure in a really high pressure situation. And so we want to introduce our new executive staff to you. You've heard from or about some of them as we've talked about certain sports or activities. Some of them have been in on some of the podcasts, but we wanted to focus this episode on meeting our new executive staff. So Joining me today on the Misha All Access podcast are our four new executive staff members. So first we have Stephanie Turner, our coordinator for sports and activities, James Melton, an associate executive director, Daryl Bradley, an assistant executive director, and Tony Hill, an associate executive director. So I want to welcome all of you. Hello. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us today. We're going to try to get to know you a little bit in this episode. So, Stephanie, let us know where you're from and briefly, how did you get to the job you're doing now and have been doing for just a little over a month? Well, I moved around the United States for most of my life, ended up back in Missouri for high school and went to high school at South Callaway in Mocaine. Went to William Woods and got my bachelor's degree in studio art and education, became an art teacher. During that time, I got into coaching. I was involved in sports all through high school. Loved it. I honestly feel like that is probably what kept me in education and teaching was the coaching aspect of everything. Once I graduated, I worked for Department of Social Services. I was a youth specialist for DYS for a couple of years and then went into public education. Had an opportunity to go back down to South Callaway to teach and coach down there and was down there for 15 years. Started looking for new opportunities and advancements in my career and life and opened an email showing the job opportunities at MISHA and decided to apply and just kind of went from there. Okay, we'll get back to you a little bit. Tony, we're going to you now. Tony Hill, talk to us a little bit about where you're from and how'd you get here. I am from Southeast Missouri. Grew up in Southeast Missouri in a small, small town of Bernie, Missouri. Very active in sports and activities through that time. Went to SEMO for my undergrad and then stayed in Southeast Missouri to teach and moved into administration. Coached a little bit. During that time, I had the opportunity to serve on the MISHA board for nine years and the NFHS board. Love sports and activities and the way it connects students to their school, keeps them involved. You're trying hard not to say your districts, but you came to us from Bloomfield. I came from Bloomfield. I spent 20 of the 27 years in public education at Bloomfield. All right. And Daryl Bradley, give us the same spiel. Okay. Originally from Oklahoma, went to junior college in Kansas, met my wife there, graduated from a small private college up in South Dakota, ended up down in the southeast Kansas area, got a job in Monette, Missouri. I was there for 23 years. I taught physical education, health, coached several things, including football, golf, wrestling, course. I've been an athletic administrator for the past 17 years and 
you know, this opportunity came about and, and I thought it was great. And now I'm here. All right. And James. So I began in Maryville, Missouri. That's what I call my hometown. I am a spoof hound. I'm proud to call myself that. It's one of those things that you have to say because it's such a it's such a unique mascot. But there are lots of schools in the state of Missouri that claim unique mascots. I went to high school there, followed who would be my wife down to Mizzou, and while she was already in her undergrad here and became a music major and got a music education degree and like many people that go to University of Missouri in Columbia, just never left. And got a job, was lucky enough to get a job teaching. And I started in sixth grade, I think, yeah, general music, sixth grade, teaching here in town, and then stayed, kind of similar to Daryl, stayed for 23 years. (laughs) And moved along a path of teaching music at various levels, got to teach junior high, got to follow some pretty incredible educators as they retired, and then had the same opportunity when I was tapped and stepped into the role of Director of Fine Arts for Columbia Public Schools, so did some administrative duties the last 10 years. And then the opportunity to step into this office showed up there, you know, following the podcast in one way to find out, but also had some other connections and have a deep love and impact from sports and activities. Not so much sports on my side. I was more of a theater singing kid, uh, but, you know, definitely impacted by the difference that that made and knew that this could be something that I would be really interested in and kind of living out purpose, which is great. So there's a through line you might have heard from each of these folks. No one in this room, in fact, there's only, if I'm I'm tracking right, there's only one of us that has ever been in more than one district. And this group, 15 years at one place, is the shortest time that we're talking about. And so two of you moved to Columbia or the Columbia area to take this job away from places you had lived for a long, long time, places you had worked for a long time. We have two of you who live close enough in the area that while this was still a pretty seismic change professionally, you didn't move your families. It was a significant, significant change for each of you professionally and personally. And you wouldn't be here if you weren't part of the fabric from where you came. There are whole structures, whether it's as a teacher leader for Stephanie Tony's experience as a superintendent eclipses the vast majority of superintendents in this state and really this country. The number of years you've been a superintendent in a couple different districts and the length of time just you've been at Bloomfield. It is very significant, very significant from the superintendent standpoint. And in this day and age, that is significant. So I'm kind of going on about this, but this is a big deal for each of you. I want you to kind of talk a little bit about... Maybe it's a it's a dual question. Why? Why in the world would you leave where you are important to your districts, you're important to your communities, so important that no matter how many times it's crossed your mind, you never left. <laughs> you, you, you didn't. You, you stayed. You built things. You created systems. You created culture. You supported people. You supported families. Those things were happening in your schools. That kind of commitment to a school and a district is the kind of stuff we in our office are constantly trying to support in the interest, Tony, as you said, of sports and activities and what it is for kids and connecting them to their schools and their communities. So there's the why did you do this? And what was it like to leave those situations? We're not talking you taught there for three or four years. These are your homes and you left them. So it's kind of maybe a difficult question, but I'd like to hear what you have to say. Daryl, I'm going to kind of pitch it to you. 
Okay. Well, being in Monette for 23 years, I felt very fortunate to be there to begin with. When I was out on the job search, I was just happy to get a job, honestly. Just thrilled to be there. Wife got a job, and it's just a good small town. Great place to raise kids. We're very fortunate to have our kids raised in that school district. We've made lifelong friends. A lot of relationships that have been built over the years, so it was very difficult. But I've had some experience in this office before with being on AD Advisory Committee and being involved with MIAAA. And then a lot of my great memories in coaching have been in Columbia. So I love the town. I love the experiences we had with the involvement with Misha over the years. It was just a great opportunity that I didn't want to pass up. Even though I had a great situation, I just felt like uh, it was probably time for some new faces there but also gave me an opportunity to grow and and you know try to take advantage of this opportunity that I really think is just a dream job so from where I came from where I'm at now I, I think it's been a good decision and a great transition I think I would share some of that opportunity like when you see something that makes your brain sizzle just a little bit when you see it land there you're like oh well I, I didn't go looking for it but it appeared and it aligns with values and priorities and things that have always been at the top of my list. If I look at the last 23 years, what I'm doing right now aligns better day to day with the things that I thought were the most important for kids. And while this has a lot of administrative responsibilities, it just goes back to like every day I wake up knowing that something we're doing here is going to make an impact for not just now the people that I see within Columbia Public Schools, which is a large school district, but now it's the entire state. And it's not just public school kids, but it's private school kids and it's homeschool kids. And it's it's all these things that are happening. So that was really exciting. But I would also say kind of for me, I have this itch that happens about every six to seven years. If I look back on it, about six to seven years in, I was looking to do something slightly different. I needed something refreshed. I needed a different point of view. I needed a different grade level. I needed some new responsibilities or a new challenge. And I've had that opportunity for the last 23 years. And then I've kind of reached this point where I was like, I've done the things that I feel like I was called to do in this space. And then there's this opportunity that you didn't know that was going to come knocking. And it's like, when Daryl says dream job, I'm like, I didn't know it, but boy, it was exciting. So it was just like, I'm going to fill out this application. And I'm going to see what happens. If, you know, if it doesn't go anywhere, I gave it my best shot, but it did. It landed me here and it's been awesome to kind of experience this. Still learning, asking for lots of grace. Yes. <laughs> lots of grace. <laughs> And so piggybacking onto what both of them said, coming from an amazing community, which has obviously kept all of us in the positions that we've stayed in, and then kind of just the an unplanned expected move that fell into place in our lives. Talking about the interview process and kind of what we went through, I saw the application. I spoke with my ID and thought, okay, well, we'll give it a try and turned in my application, got an email stating how many applications had been turned in. And I thought, well, my resume is ready to go with wherever I choose and whatever I choose to do in life. Ended up getting a call for the first interview. Wasn't nervous at all because I was at a good point in my life. I have a great job. I was happy where I was at. It was just one of those opportunities to explore. And so on that first interview process, I kind of went in and I went in with the intention that I'm around good people in my job and I enjoy it. 
and I'm okay with learning about this new place. And if it feels right when I walk in there, then I'll start to get excited. But I'm just going to take this as a as an experience. And so I went in and interviewed with three of the executives and enjoyed the interview process. I felt comfortable with it and walked out with not a clue with what I could expect as far as getting a call back or saying, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. But ended up getting a call back for a second interview. And before I walked into the room, Jen had told me that the entire executive staff was in there and was going to be interviewing me. And No small feat. Woo, it, again. It was a daunting task. <laughs> well, again, I just thought, you know, this will be a good chance for me to figure out, like, is this a good place? Is this a good place for me to work? Am I going to enjoy these people? Because that is ultimately what I want in life is to be doing something where I love it and the people around me love it. And so when I walked into that room... I had fun in that interview and talking to them. And I just all of a sudden then started feeling like, I really, really want this. And so when I left, I had some questions from people like, how did it go? And I was like, you know, I just had fun. And whatever happens, I had a great time. And so why leave where I left? Because I fit in and I knew it from the start. Good answer. (laughs) That's a great answer. So I spent you know, a lot, a lot of time at Bloomfield, and even though I was raised a Bernie mule, <laughs> I, really in my heart and soul, I'm a Bloomfield Wildcat. Just raised my children through that. We did a short six years down at Portageville as I was advancing through the superintendency, but came back to Bloomfield and have been there the last 11 years and loved that district and felt at home and we have family there and so why did this job kind of attract me it's kind of the right job at the right time in my life Mm. my kids are grown now and two had already gone through the mizzou system here in columbia so we had spent a lot of time in columbia as they were going through their education and then our youngest is in currently a mizzou tiger and so When the job came open, it was just that right job to kind of make me think, hmm, can I leave Bloomfield? (laughs) Can I do this? Can I transition? And the answer was, yes, this is what I want to do. I'd been involved as a board member a while back and just knew the work that was done here and the impact that Misha has on students, the positive impact that Misha has on students. And wanted to be a part of that at the state level. And so just excited about that opportunity and threw my application in the pile and went through the process and said yes. You asked a question about saying goodbye or what it was it like to step away. And yes, there was goodbye. But, I, you know, as somebody privileged to get to stay in Columbia and not move my entire household and let my kid finish high school here, that's the nice part about, like, moving to this job at Misha, regardless of the position, like I'm not saying goodbye to public education or education in general, like my colleagues, they still feel just like my colleagues. It's just a different relationship, a different impact in a different way. We don't get to see each other as much day to day. And I'm going to miss working directly with art teachers as much as I had the opportunity previously, but they're all still here, which is, I know I got Stephanie. I was like, (laughs) was I ever so thrilled when 50% of the new hires were artists? I was like... This is a great, this is great. And you all are artists too, Tony and Daryl. I'm sure you Everybody's are. Everybody's an artist. Everybody's an artist. I'm going to out Tony a little bit right here because Tony, if you're listening to this, this is an audio podcast, you are hearing Tony has her Southeast Missouri accent. She 
came by that honestly. She's a Bernie mule. She's been at Bloomfield forever and ever. And she said, "Oh gosh, they're gonna they're gonna wonder who's this country bumpkin." And uh, <laughs> she <laughs> she's worried about that. But my response was, "Somebody's gonna be listening to this." Is thank goodness they have a country bumpkin in that office, and that's the truth. We have 596 member high schools. That's just the high schools and, and combined and, and high schools all over a state that is quite rural. The vast majority of our schools are small rural schools. And then we go all the way up to very, very large schools for Missouri standards. And I'm reminded about my time on the board. I was on the board of directors for a short time. And when I joined the board of directors and we were kind of getting to know each other, at the time, I was the principal of a high school that had about 2,000 students. And the guy sitting next to me, John Dunham, a good friend, was a superintendent of Macon County. And John from K to 12, had 105 kids in his district. And so we laughed at that time because our experience was so different. We were still educating kids. We were still committed to kids, but we were still members of the same organization. We were still members of MISHA. While our lived experience day-to-day was quite different, it was still about creating opportunities for kids. And so you all come from different size schools, different parts of the state, and that's important for our office to reflect our membership and reflect the different kinds of experiences that our educators are having and our students are having through the state. So while I think it was a worry for Tony, it is only a strength for our association and our office to have that kind of different lived experiences coming into the office. Okay, so I want to change a little bit because we talked a little bit about why you came, but let's talk about how it's happened for you. Each of you learned sometime, I think, February that this job is going to be in your future. We go by the education calendar. So when admin changes happen in Missouri, they happen on July 1st. And so for the most part, you all came officially to the office on July 1st. As I said before, some of you actually had to move your households and families. Some of you didn't. Share a little bit about the actual process of transition. There's the ethereal stuff we talked about, but like, you know, you still got to pack up your clothes. So... So the transition has been ongoing. We'll just put it that way. Is it, ongoing. Is it over? It's, I don't know that it's over. My husband works remotely a lot, but he still has to go back to the office. So he didn't have to change positions, even though we moved four hours from home. But we kept our residence back in southeast Missouri as well. Probably the most traumatic individual in this whole move was our poor little dog. <laughs> <laughs> she had no idea what to think. We're here, we're there, we're everywhere. It took her the longest, probably, to transition. And then the hardest part of my transition, moving from Bloomfield, that doesn't even have a blinking light. We have a couple four-way stops to a community that has traffic. (laughs) Every day. (laughs) You know, I drove two miles to work through the country to get to my office at Bloomfield, and so... About 15 minutes, not much further distance. It takes about 15 minutes through quite a bit of traffic and an interstate and stoplights. So that's been a big transition for me. Well, transition's been good for me. I'm now an Ashland resident. My commute is about 15 minutes and it's all highway. So it's nice. Transition couldn't have gone any better. Sold a house, purchased a house. My wife got a job at Ashland Elementary, so it's it's gone great. Of course, you know, I'm trying to avoid some things, you know, talking about transitions. I'm trying to not do that 
mischief 15 or gain 15 pounds like everybody's talking about so much food in this office yeah (laughs) and we've not been here that long (laughs) that's my biggest challenge to myself is just all right uh, getting routine it's been good so got to hit the gym a little bit since we've been here but we're great family's good you know but the same old questions are asked for instance we were from a small town you have very little choice of restaurants and the question is where do you want to eat tonight but now we have too many choices here. <laughs> Where do you want to eat tonight? I don't so the answer is still, I don't I know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I don't care. <laughs> Lots of choices. We have everything here. You know, so we're certainly a little spoiled. Everybody here has been great. The training, the staff. Uh, just got to say no to the sweets. So. Amen. <laughs> and so my transition has not been quite as extreme. We are still located in the same place that we are. We did not have to move my husband and I, but when I left home and drove to work prior to, I was driving out to the middle of nowhere. So when I was at work and at school for 10, 12, 14 hours a day with teaching and coaching, I was there and there was nothing around, not even a stoplight to go visit. We did recently this past year or two get a dollar general there and (laughs) that was where we got our drinks and food if we wanted something. And the transition now has been I'm going in the opposite direction to a city where I can go to lunch and I see people. And when I leave my house, I can stop and get a coffee somewhere. And it's it's just a completely different thing. The big difference in the work environment is that anybody in a public school will know and understand that when I say when I walk into this office, it smells really good here. <laughs> with absolutely no effort. With, with no effort. <laughs> Transition and change, it, it's odd for me to think about. I think some of it is, like, for me, the biggest transition was initially, like, I'm not going to work for Columbia Public Schools. <laughs> like, it has been such an integral part, and, and in so many ways still is an integral part of my identity, but all of a sudden, it was not. And I was just like, I'm, I'm still letting go of that in some way. Today, meeting, you know, with my predecessor and getting some training and just following up on stuff, you still speak in the I for things that you would have been doing, you know, just a, just a few short months ago. And you don't have possession of that anymore. And that possession is more about pride. I'm just, so, I'm so proud of the people I worked with and worked for and supported in that in that role. But that transition has been real. And some days I wake up and, and I have admittedly, I have admittedly, I don't think I've said this out loud before now, driven to my office, <laughs> the old office, no less than four times. <laughs> I will have gotten up, done my morning routine, get my coffee, get in the car, and head straight to the other <laughs> place of employment. And as I about halfway realize it, I'm like, well, I'm going to be a little bit late for, <laughs> for that time. I, you know, other transitions were just calling through materials, trying to figure out what should come here. You know, I still had and maintained a storage for everything I took from my classroom. And, you know, I left that position 10 years ago. And so this has been an opportunity to, to go through a lot of memories and connect with some things, but also finally let go of some stuff. The transition here to the office, I, I think some of it is just the the vibe of the day-to-day and the environment that we're in is, is super positive. I wish that and want that for everybody. I hope, you know, everybody goes to work every day and feels that level of joy. And I've been lucky over the last over the last years that I would say that I've had that experience and to, the opportunity to keep getting that is is pretty pretty great. 
So one of the things that we do often <laughs> in this office is we introduce ourselves to large groups, which is kind of what you're doing, and we almost always talk about what are our responsibilities for the association. So what we did not lead with that, but we are going to cover just what are your responsibilities. And, well, I think it's cool that not necessarily could you listen to anything you have said so far and peg most of you i mean you might have dropped a little hint but you really couldn't peg why were they brought in and everybody's why is a little bit different and it's not just one why so i'm going to give you a chance to kind of talk about your responsibilities here you can talk about you know kind of the the main responsibilities but give the listeners kind of an idea if there's a volleyball person out there which one is going to be taking on volleyball? Because we know Devney left and she had volleyball. So, Tony, you're going to start and we're just going to go around and talk about your responsibilities. Okay, so you alluded to the one uh, will be the director of volleyball, spirit, which includes dance, cheer, pom teams, and stunt is coming in as an emerging sport this year. And I failed to say volleyball will have its first ever boys state volleyball championships in the spring as it was voted in as a full sport on the ballot. And then also working with our officials program. Okay, I'll be working with wrestling, baseball, scholar bowl. When I answer this question, I sort of have to premise this with the fact that my uncle, who was a big basketball guy, and my cousins all played basketball and all the type of stuff, when my mother was sharing with the family my job change, he goes, does that boy know that that's about sports? (laughs) (laughs) And my mom was like, he's aware. (laughs) He's fully aware. My poor uncle, he's still confused, but he's a good guy. So... I will be responsible, well, music. So I've, I dropped a hint about that, and I was super excited because, I honestly, my heart has been there since, you know, since the very beginning. But I will also be the director of tennis, and being a part of that community in the last few months and getting to know them has been awesome. And then I will work with transfers in the form of waivers and supporting that eligibility kind of questions there, and also work with sanctioning. And I will be the director of swimming and diving for both boys and girls and track and field. Okay, we're going to kind of wrap this up. I want to thank you for putting yourself out there a little bit. It was not supposed to be another interview, but it might have might have sounded like that. And one of the things Stephanie talked about is getting the email about how many people applied. And we did. We had tremendous response to our job search when we went through this process. And it was a difficult process because many of the folks listening also applied. <laughs> they applied for the jobs that you now you're now doing. And we had just a tremendous number of people, both educators and folks kind of next to education, or at least PK-12 education. It was so heartening to go through that process, to read all those resumes and applications and letters of reference. And as proud as I am to be in the room with the four of you, and I'm really pleased with where we ended up and where we are right now, and I feel really confident in our decisions, all those folks who are still in our schools and still officiating and still being ADs and still being coaches and teachers, they're also incredibly important to what we do. And we had four spots and we picked four people. (laughs) That's what we have. And we had some tremendous people who are not here, 
but they're still serving. They're still serving kids in schools. They're still serving coaches. They're still leading in schools and school districts and leading in their office buildings or at the collegiate level. We had people apply from all different walks of life. So it's an honor to have the four of you kind of talk to our membership and other people kind of interested in Misha for everybody to hear who you are, why you're here, how it's been, and also just kind of an honor of everybody else out there still doing what you were doing last year, knowing the difficulties of it, the joys of it, the unknown. We sit here right at the beginning of another school year, and none of us know what's going to happen. There's going to be some kid or some family that comes into an office here in the next few weeks, and it will change everything we thought we knew. And all that is happening. So I just want to thank you all for being willing to kind of, first of all, apply and and go through the process and take a risk on making this big change in your lives and also just to thank all of our educators our coaches our ad's our principals our superintendents everybody who works in schools or around schools our officials that just absolutely are essential to everything we do but just to make sure that we can continue to connect ourselves. We are part of the Missouri's education community, and in some ways we're a very large part, and we are proud of that connection to our schools. We are our schools, literally. We are our schools, and it should be of great comfort and pride to every one of our member schools to hear from these four that they've chosen to work for you, having come in with the same connection and the same investment in kids that each of you, the listeners, are enjoying each day. So thanks to all of you for coming and talking to us and introducing yourself. This will not be your last podcast this year, (laughs) as as much as you hope that's the case. We'll be hearing from you again on a variety of topics, notwithstanding your own sports and activities that we'll certainly be talking about as we get close to the championship. So You've been listening to the Misha All Access Podcast. I'm Dr. Jennifer Rexted, Executive Director, and we've been meeting our new execs. This is Dr. Jennifer Ruckstead, the Executive Director of the Missouri State High School Activities Association. Thank you for listening to the Misha All Access Podcast and having an interest in Missouri high school activities and athletics. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Misha All Access Podcast or any of the episodes, in this podcast, please consider subscribing or liking with your favorite podcast provider. It helps other people find us, and we really appreciate you listening and supporting the Missouri State High School Activities Association.